Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched Made in Manhattan, which came out in 2002, which I did look up because I had to because of something. I was like, when you needed to know if this out? was before or after the parent trap. You wanted to know if this was her last, if this was Natasha Richardson's last work. It wasn't, but it was after the parent trap. Oh, no, that wasn't it. Oh, I know why I looked up when this movie came out, because there's so much Nora Jones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, real 2002 Nora Jones face. <laughs> right there. In there's the just it's like Nora Jones after Nora Jones. Like, did she well, write Nora's the soundtrack? Also famously in the famously to you and I in the Love Actually soundtrack, which is a 2003 movie. We were just deep in a Nora Jones time. Deep. Yeah. So that's why I had to look up the year, because I was like, I just... The Nora Jones, you weren't like, this is between March of 2001 and December of 2004. Like, that didn't... No, I, I did. I was like, where in that timeline are we? I feel like I'm squarely back in junior high and I or early high school and I need to know when in there we are. Yes. Came out in 2002. Holds a lovely 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was directed Fair. by... Oh, I have a fun... Put your phone down because if you haven't looked this up, I'm going to quiz you. It was directed by, wait, hang on. I can't read my handwriting. Wayne something. Wait, it holds a 38, excuse me. It holds a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. I really can't read my handwriting. I'm sorry. I deducted it that 8%. That's an important 8%. Directed by Wayne Wang. And it was uh, written by Kevin Wade. And the story by is Edmund Dantes. Carrie, do you know who Edmund Dantes is? No. Edmund Dantes is John Hughes. The story of this movie is by John Hughes. Oh, look at that. That checks out because this is basically pretty in pink. <laughs> but also I just respect that he's like, don't throw my real name on this one. <laughs> yeah, like I don't I don't need to be associated with I looked it up and Edmund Dantes is an alias he uses um on he's used it on more than one movie. What else has he used it on? I didn't care to write it down, but here I can get back to it real quickly. He wrote screenplays under the pseudonym Edmund Dantes after the protagonist in the Alexandre Dumas novel, The Count of Monte Cristo, screenplays credited to Dantes, to the Dantes nom de plume. This is obviously from Wikipedia, include Maiden in Manhattan, Drillbit Taylor, and Beethoven. Classics. Wow. We unknowingly did another John Hughes movie. Wild. In Pretty in Pink, he knows she's poor. In this movie, the plot of this movie is J-Lo is the titular maid. I'm sorry. If you don't know the plot of this movie, then you were born after the year. I forgot there was a case of mistaken identity. Really? When that happened, I was like, oh, right. A case of mistaken identity. J-Lo is in Natasha Richardson's hotel room where she's cleaning it. And her friend has made her put on this like beautiful suit, a beautiful white suit. When Rafe finds a New York assemblyman who for a completely a reason that no one will ever make sense to me is also has a hotel in New York. Like why he would have an office, but whatever. Um, he walks in because her son, her little son has um, met him in an elevator and he's just charmed by this kid. And so he says, he has to go ask his mom if he can go on a walk with this strange man and his dog, <laughs> which like good kid oh. asking your mom. So then she goes with him probably cause she's like, no strange man. You cannot take my child alone. Anyway, and then, of course, um, he's fallen in love with her, but he doesn't know that she's the maid. Right. And hijinks ensue. Except we never quite get farcical enough. I'm like, I need more hijinks. Right. 
There's a whole yeah. scene where she's like serving them food because she also wants to be the manager of the hotel. Mm-hmm. So they're like putting her through the training program and the, the, but the main butler is like, well, you have to learn how to be a butler if you want to be the manager. So he's like, come help me serve this luncheon today. And she's like, lovely. But then she just like keeps hiding before the manager's like, or the butler's like, you can leave. And it's like, no, I want hijinks. Oh, because he's also having lunch with Natasha Richardson, who knows she's a maid and who she's impersonating. Right. Yeah, we like they let JLo like flirt with comedy, but they don't really let her go like all the way with comedy. There's a really funny scene where she's like trying to when she's changing back into her maid uniform from like the white suit and her friends helping her. And someone's coming and they're like trying to get it in the locker. And there's there's a lot of like really good physical comedy in that scene. But that's really the only time we get that. JLo's not, and to be fair, nor do I believe Ray Fines. Neither of them, I think, are will be regarded as some of our great comedic actors, you know? I'm looking at Ray Fines and being like, I need you just like 40% evil, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I kept thinking this whole time, like, Ray Fiennes is really quite charming. But at any point, I expect him to, like, murder Cedric Diggory. So. Or be a Nazi. I mean, like. Right. <clears throat> like, I don't, like, I almost this don't This was a movie for charm. Joseph Fiennes. They called the wrong Fiennes is what happened. No they joke. They de- beep, beep, beep to the number and got the wrong Fiennes. Jeff walked in while I was watching and was like, which Fiennes is this? And I was like, it's Rafe. Can't you tell? And he was like. No, not really. But also maybe he just like assumed rom-com has to be Joseph. And he's not wrong. No, rom-com should be Joseph. Yeah. Go, 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 Joseph. Um, go, 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 Joseph. You know what they say. Okay, cut that out. <laughs> this cast, we got to say it. The people of this cast, other than J-Lo, Ray Fiennes, Natasha Richardson, may she rest in peace. Tucci, Stanley Tucci, Francis Conroy. Bob Hoskins. Like this cast is Bob Hoskins. Stacked. It's like moralized boyfriend who uh wouldn't defend her father for her digger. Yes. Her boyfriend that's not uh Luke or Christopher. Christopher. Or, thank you. Um, um the wolf. Yeah, which we talked about him at some point. Why are we talking about him? Oh, he was in uh, um, it's kissing Jessica Stein. Kissing Jessica Stein. That's great. Um yeah, this cast is insane. It's like Amy Sedaris. Of, yeah, it's like chock full of like traditionally trained British actors. Because they were like upscale New York, gotta be British. We can't we gotta so, go. Like Ray Fines, you know, the best of the best when it comes to acting, literally abhorrent American accent. Disgusting American accent. <laughs> so bad. He was doing that thing where all of his consonants are over-enunciated. And it was shocking. You know who is great at comedy? Or, I'm so sorry. You know who was great at comedy? Natasha Natasha Richardson. Richardson. She's also so beautiful. So, like, like, too beautiful beautiful. to be that funny. Yeah, We should do this movie at some point because Nancy Myers and also who we are. But that scene in The Parent Trap where there are hijinks where she's hung over or she's drunk and then hung over and then runs into Dennis Quaid. I mean, 10 out of 10, tens across yeah. the board. Um, yeah. I, I think JLo, like JLo, is she gonna like, you know, like you said, go down in history as one of our great comedic actresses? No, 
do I think she's funny and fun to watch? Yes. She's charming. She has a charm. She's JLo. Like, honestly, she was the best part of this movie. That's not true. Stanley Natasha Tucci Richardson, was the best Stanley Tucci, Amy Sedaris. <laughs> Amy Sedaris wasn't there enough. And when she was, she was being racist. So I was kind of like, eh, Amy Sedaris. She was supposed to be racist. Yes, 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 yes. She was racist on purpose. But still. there are microaggressions this movie makes that it does not, in, that are right. Like the movie, the point of view of the movie. At one point, completely honestly, Ray Fiennes refers to her as, to JLo as Mediterranean. There, there are problems. But Amy Sedaris's character was supposed to be like a racist, which richly. Yes. And Natasha Richardson makes several like microaggressions, which I think are all intentionally written into the script because Correct. we're not supposed to like Natasha Richardson or Amy Sedaris. And because, I mean, this movie, there are lots of things that I will criticize about this movie. We'll get there. But I do think like it was trying to. Like, talk about j- class and race and right like j-lo points out the the bad shit we're not just sort of like it's not there for jokes um right. this was i was like this is among the more diverse movies we've ever watched other than like comes we've watched like black rom-coms and things like that but like like half the cast are people of color now they're all still in service industry positions but mm-hmm. also that's the point right right um i mean he's straight up a republican which i get that he's that was different in like, 2002 he's supposed to I be get, like a good republican i get it i get that we that this was 20 years ago and this was pre like mitch mcconnell trumpism i get it wasn't but also i was gonna say we're smacked in the middle of the george bush era and there are several times when she's like basically says like i feel like you're using like you're going to the projects or you're going to inner city schools or you're basically like using poor people and people of color as props to help you win an election while not actually doing anything for them and i'm like yeah j-lo you're right and then she's like "Mm, but i love you anyway yeah yeah, like there's this like throwaway line from the kid, this kid that's like obsessed with Richard Nixon, which is wild. Um, he did good things for the environment, Carrie. He was uh, good on the environment. I mean, by today's standards, he was good on a lot of things, but like except for the whole, you know, lying and cheating thing. and fraud thing. Right. I do like that um, the kid is like he's he asks Ray Fiennes if he's a Republican and Ray Fiennes is like, yes. And he was like, well, Richard Nixon was a Republican and he lied. And I was like, this child grows up to be Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> he also like, he's like, you're very good on the environment. Um, I do like the kid. I feel like walks the line between like precocious, but still a kid. Like he's still enjoyable to watch. Yeah. He's um, not, oh, he's not smart. I mean, he is smart beyond his years, but he's like a believable kid smart. Right. Because there's yes. still a level of like, he's he's a little kid. There, yes, he's still he's not smarter than the grownups. Correct. Um, he's not like outwitting them, and there's still like there's a moment when he's sad because he's at the beginning he's given a speech at school and he gets really nervous, and J Lo goes backstage to comfort him, and also his dad didn't come, and so there's all that, and then at, like at one point, oh she gives him Nixon tapes, and he just like turns and hugs her and he's just like there's just like a little kid needing his mom energy Mm -hmm. that i think helps like offset the precociousness of it 
Yes. And also he's 10. So theoretically like, kids around 10 start to get interested in obscure things. Right. And, and like smart focus kid, on something. Yeah. And this kid is clearly like very bright. And so like his would be, she says like they talked about the seventies at school and then became with, he became obsessed with everything that had to do with the seventies. And that to me is like a little kid thing where you talk about something at school and then that's like your personality for the next two years. Right. Yeah. 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 I like the kid in this. I usually he grows he's, up to be teen wolf. I was going to say he's a grown up now. Yes. He's probably my age. <laughs> yes. I wrote Natasha Richardson comedic genius. She keeps calling her Maria. And at the end of the movie and JLo's character's name is Marissa, which I think is like supposed to be a microaggression that she sees mm-hmm. a Hispanic cleaning lady with an M name and is like, it's Maria. And then later when like when JLo is exposed, <clears throat> she's and it's like they call her Marissa um natasha richardson says you told me your name is maria and she just like very quietly is like i thought it would be impolite to correct you which is just i think a comment on like the like sort of classist often right. racist thing also of, like, like you just she never told you her name was maria she never you told you assumed. her name was maria and she wasn't in a position to correct you like right she was serving you and you're you know you would hope that like if i was you would a good person if uh, someone like serving them was they named them incorrectly you'd think they'd be like oh actually it's this you'd be like oh I'm so sorry and then not forget that but like you never know how awful rich people are gonna be right like the scene at the beginning where the the hotel guest like just happens to walk out of his bathroom naked when the maids are in there I was like that's gross we don't need that given the history of wealthy men taking advantage of hotel female hotel staff like that joke did not need to be in there even in 2002 i mean 2002 was the high, like harvey weinstein was using this hotel to do that not probably to hotel staff but also just to like actresses he wanted to work with yeah but also like who was oh, hold on dominique strauss khan who was like an italian diplomat or something he sexually assaulted a hotel maid in 2011. Okay, so after this, but still, I'm not sure. I remember the ripped from the headlines. SV ripped from the headlines about yes. it. Yes, and that he was an Italian diplomat, which is why I thought this guy Correct. was an Italian diplomat. But in real life, it was a French politician, former head of like the IMF or something like that. But anyway, regardless, we didn't need the like inappropriate. Uh, naked guest hitting on the hotel maids i mean i think it was just to like point out how sort of shitty their jobs are but yes like we could do that without or like how shittily they get treated in their jobs right and she says at one point like i'm either invisible or i'm being shat on like right there and it's so and france or she's considered as like half the time you think i'm a stereotype and half the time i'm invisible well and at one point amy sinaris and again all of this is the movie's point of view is that Amy Sedaris is a racist person. So we're not meant to be on our side. But at one point she says like, she's like Natasha Richardson is genuinely trying to ask JLo's opinion on something, albeit well calling her Maria, which is not her name. And Amy Sedaris says like, she probably, she doesn't even speak English that well. Like, mm-hmm. like just completely blowing past JLo as a person who's speaking, who's uh, an American and who's speaking English perfectly fine. Like she's just not paying attention to her and being a racist. Right. Um, yeah. 
but Frances Conroy, who I think is supposed to be like the head of housekeeping or something, you see her like giving a tour theoretically to like new hires at the beginning. And she says like, your job as a maid at this hotel, this is a very fancy hotel. Um, your job as a maid at this hotel is to not be seen. You should be invisible. Like, right. Right. Yes. Um, who wrote the screenplay for this? Did you say anybody of note? Kevin Wade. I didn't look up. His name sounds vaguely familiar to me, but I didn't look up on things he did. It's probably a bunch of other like early outcomes. I swear Why? that this I feel like this movie was written like the dialogue was written like somebody gave one of those like bathroom books of inspirational quotes and platitudes like to a computer and the computer wrote this. Well, that is not nice to this writer. <laughs> Carrie said it, not me, if he wants to hire me. Oh, Carrie. We're bad people. We're not bad. We're just, we just are bad researchers. Seven years later, seven years after, I'm going to read you this whole thing. Before his writing career took off, he acted in two films, It Doesn't Matter Which, which were produced and wrote the play Key Exchange, which was produced off Broadway in 1981 and was released as a film in 1985. Seven years later, he received his first screen credit for Working Girl, which earned him nominations for the Golden Globe Award for Best Screenplay and the Writers Guild of America Award for Best Original Screenplay. Additional film credits include True Blood, Mr. Baseball, Junior, Meet Joe Black, and Made in Manhattan. Um, He show runs Blue Bloods now. Ah, yes, sure. Blue Bloods. Um, Okay, so like... Listen, I loved Working Girl. Listen back to our Working Girl episode. Loved it. Kevin, we're on record as being fans of yours. Yes. So sorry for everything we're about to show. There are lines, like there are like runs of lines in these movies, like monologues that literally sound like they come out of like a book of inspirational quotes, like an algorithm wrote this movie. Like at one point, Ray Fiennes is like, if tonight is all we have, stay with me. Like uh, so melodramatic then, which leads up to the most early odds but also like let down of a sex scene it's just like them kissing and then like we fade away and wake up the next morning i was like i'm sorry and these two he also, people don't we don't even get to see them fuck even a little bit he also says to her are you running towards something you want or away from something you're scared to want he says that to her after the second time he's met her correct and then when like she you know it all comes crashing down around her whatever bob hoskins is all like like we our job is to serve we are not servants like do not let this job define you um all that matters is like and then he gives her this whole speech about like it like the fall is not what matters it's like how we rise after the fall and i'm like what what is happening? Like, am I watching an after-school special? What am I Bob watching? Bob Hoskins here? has a real like lead butler in Downton Abbey energy, <laughs> like yes. in a way that I honestly enjoyed. Maybe it's just because he's British. Um, he's you know, delightful, but like, there's just and it does not surprise me that this writer also wrote Meet Joe Black because that's another like intensely melodramatic movie. There are like for a rom-com, you're right. There are like. It's, it's like a little heavy handed for a rom-com. I think also because as we've discussed, like we love a rom-com where they fall in love slowly and realistically. And this is not that. Mm -mm. 
but I can and get it past it. An hour and a half, so I'll take it. But like they, these two are not having when Harry met Sally, Notting Hill, uh, while you were sleeping type conversations. These like we we see them, we see that they're attracted to each other. We see them walk through the park together one time, and then after that, are to believe that they're they have essentially fallen in love with each other, and that's I I don't I don't buy it. I don't like but then he sees her in that dress Allison and he falls in love to be fair she looks fucking banging in that dress so she looks banging in her maid uniform like yeah, she's fucking so good in this movie she looks so good in this movie also like this we can have J-Lo. a rom-com in an early 2000s rom-com and with J-Lo as the star unless we comment on her ass at least once in this movie we did it no less than three times she has a beautiful ass she does, but I don't need Ray Fines to comment on JLo's ass. There is a moment. So when she's in the white suit and they're first walking through the park, she puts down a magazine to sit on so she doesn't get the suit dirty because Natasha Richardson, it's Natasha Richardson's, and she's asked her to return it. And the magazine she sits on has him on the cover. It's like New York magazine and it has his face on the cover. And we get a sitting on your face joke, which you know loved it. Loved it, it, it. Is it a 2002 rom com without a sat on his face joke? I love it. Um, yeah, we he, were led to believe that he falls in love with her because, quote, she's not like other girls. Mm-hmm. Or she's not like anyone I've ever met before. That's because she's a working class person <laughs> who calls you out on your shit when you go to a $2,500 per plate fundraiser. And she's like, you could just give that money to the kids. Just a thought. JLo, woman of the people. Never say JLo is not a woman of the people. I... At one point, he was trying to find her. So, like, he invites he invites this Caroline woman to lunch, and Natasha Richardson shows up because that's who that really is. And he's right. like, "No, no, where's the woman I met the other day?" He was like, "I don't know. She was a little bit Mediterranean looking." And I was like, "Rafe slash this movie, just say she was Latina. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, and is it like is it the movie being like, is this Republican like hoping she's?" Met white and therefore like not won't fuck with his career Stanley Tucci is very worried about it. he wants her to find a nice he wants her to date Natasha Richardson he wants like a nice blonde lady who will look good at Republican fundraisers maybe that's what we're going for but it was so weird to me that I was like why are we referring to JLo as Mediterranean like is that just a weird coded way to say she was darker skinned but we don't want her to not be white like what's how I don't like it yeah Stanley Tucci uh, his character in this movie is absurd Stanley Tucci doesn't call her Mediterranean Ray finds it I was like this is how we talk about Latinx people who were like well I liked them but I don't want them to deport them so Mediterranean (laughs) no no I I'm not shitting on Stanley Tucci I think I if Stanley Tucci could be in every rom-com that I watch from now until the day I die that would be okay he's in a lot of them Carrie we could make I know we haven't oh, done enough Tucci here. Never. We never do enough Tucci. He, he has a real like like Josh Lyman on speed energy in this movie that I enjoy. I really enjoy. It's also because you won't let us do Devil Wears Prada. That's because it's not a rom-com. Right. But it's still on brand. You know what I mean? Like it's not a rom-com, but it's still on brand. Okay. Maybe for the Patreon. Is it too important for the Patreon? 
too mainstream for the Patreon. Too mainstream for the Patreon. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We have a Patreon, guys. We do some real fun. Have we mentioned we have a Patreon? We do some. Are you have you subscribed to our Patreon? Mom today on the phone was like, "I'm a Patreon." She didn't say patron. She says she's a Patreon. Sure. Did she listen to our "Marry Me" episode? No, Carrie, because she can't figure out how to get them. I was like, well, Carrie, I'll okay. show you how to get the feed on your phone. And she was like, well, why can't you just tell me? And I was like, it's too complicated. She was like, I could do it on my own. I was like, I'm sure you could, but I'm driving. So can't look at the directions. And also, are you sure you pressed go? Because I don't believe. And she was like, my card's being charged. So I believe she's a patron, but you need to get her the feed on her phone. Okay. Fine. Uh, Julia, my sister-in-law, texted me today. Um, to tell me that because of our marry me episode, she started listening to the soundtrack. Um, it's so good. Like, it's great. But I feel like maybe marry me should sponsor us. Just a thought. Um, I feel like I've done more for that church song. <laughs> I've done as much of that more than JLo has because every time it came up at dinner the other night, I was having a dinner party. I'm an adult. Um, and someone was like, have you seen marry me? And I was like, yes, bad movie, but the song church banger. Should we play it for everyone right now? <laughs> Listen, I am not going to say Mary Me was a bad movie. I'm not. Did oh, you made myself? a bold claim, though, that you would like Marry Me more than this. I did. Yeah, it's more watchable. It, it was more fun than this. It's also like, and maybe this is just like where we've come to in 20 years. It was nice to have J-Lo as a lead without it being like, she's a maid. You know, like, it's nice to have a woman of color as the leading lady of a movie opposite a white man without her being the help, which like this and even the wedding planner to some extent, although there's certainly less overt racism. She's also supposed to be Italian in that. Right. They also, they white her up. Right. I didn't, I, well, I have to do my, I didn't, Alex Karev, I didn't know Maria. <laughs> Right. Um, Who, yeah. What accent is worse? Alex Karev's Italian accent and the wedding winner or Ray Fine's American accent in this? Ooh, those two to, could go toe to toe. Truly. But you know how I ride for Shonda. So I'm going to have to go Ray Fine. You stuff. don't care because you're not watching Inventing Anna. You, you shouldn't be. It wasn't bad. worth it. Yeah. Terrible. Um, I did like her friend and her friends yes there was a scene with like the four maids like her her friend and then like two other maids they're friends with where they're getting her ready to go to this oh the montage was fantastic it's a shopping montage but then there was also just like a them being excited for her and the way they were speaking i was like how has nobody turned this into a musical yet because it really felt like they were about to break out into song i was like i would go see the made in manhattan musical i I was like, am I watching Waitress right now? Like, that's what I felt like. Yes. Yeah. A movie, which I th- is like slight, I guess not understated. Like the, the whole point of the movie Waitress is that she has a vivid imagination and therefore like imagines these pies and imagines the other scenarios. Like it lends to being a musical. But I was like, this is doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Movie musicals have been made out of less successful movies. Not I also like that her the friends rare, rare are like, run where it's like a very highly uh, acclaimed movie and then also a highly acclaimed musical. But like fucking Newsies, everybody hated Newsies when it first dropped. Sure. Uh, wrong, I also but... love that her friends are like, so Bob Hoskins, who's like training her, 
so that she can be the assistant manager or whatever is mm-hmm. like, you need to go to this gala and break it off with what the hell Ray is his Fines. character's Who name? Ray Fines. Charles. Um, that's wrong. Wait, Christopher, Chris Marshall, Chris Marshall. Thank you. Um, and so she like goes to her friends and she's like, I have to go to this gala or they were like, so you're going to be assistant manager. And she's like, yeah, but if I give him up and their her friends are like, what exactly are you giving up? Like you're getting the career that you've dreamed of and you have to give up this guy that you've literally talked to for like 20 minutes. And who's a Republican? Like go find yourself a nice, like democratic Senate hopeful bitch. Like, come on. What are you really yeah. giving up? That's what they said. They were like, break what off? Like there's nothing to break off. You don't have a thing with him. Oh, that's the point where they're like, and she was like, what's more important, my career or, and they're like, don't say love. And I'm like, don't say love one. Cause you've met him once. And also cause like, girl, your career. Right. Jello, to, like be her mom really in this, this, but like you have a child to take care of. Um, there's a whole subplot about like mother issues that gets cut out because at one point the, her like best friend, the other maid says something about like their issues with their like we won't become our mothers we have issues with our mother and i'm like oh that's interesting in the one scene with her mother they seem to have a fine relationship like and then later then they get in a fight then they get in a fight later once she's like a really intense fight where her mom's basically like you have to put food on the table like go take that her mom is trying to get her a job with mrs rodriguez who can help help her get her job cleaning houses and JLo like in a way that i understand is like that's not my dream i'm gonna find a different job at a different hotel and work my way up again and I'm going to follow my dream. And I'm like, I'm all for you following your dream, JLo. But your mother is not wrong. You do have a child. And and you have to pay your bills. Yeah, but then, but her so mom like, is also I'm like. half on the mom's side. But then, like, the mother doesn't believe in her daughter. So I'm not on the mom's side. It's all very complicated. Well, and the mom is like, you don't have the right to go out with him. I don't know. It was, it, I think you're right. That, that feels like maybe we were building up to that. And a lot of it got cut off. Because suddenly we're having this very intense fight that feels like it's been building for all of JLo's life. And I just like, don't really know where it came from. Yeah. I, we got cut from the. I think there was probably more to the mother JLo story that we lost yes. until all of a sudden they're having like a, a very tough fight. Yeah. Yeah. So like you can take the job with Mrs. Rodriguez while you look for a job cleaning house, like what, or as a maid in a hotel, because also I think it's going to be a little bit harder now because you've been fired for impersonating a guest. Right. And I do think when they call Digger from Gilmore Girls, he's going to mention that. <laughs> Unless she's using Bob Hoskins, who fired uh, for her, or not fired, who'd quit, you know, in support of her. Like maybe she's putting him down as a reference. I don't know. The sweet security guy. I did think, like, I was like, when when she gets a fairly quickly, like, gets another job at another fancy hotel, I was like, I, did they not call the last place for references? Yes. No one's checking references. Because like, I understand that there is a misunderstanding, but like what it looks like is like, she stole shit from a, from a room. Oh, I'm on team JLo. I want her to have, and she ultimately does have her management career. We get in like weird, like magazine blurbs at the end of the movie. Like I want that for her, but also if I were a hiring manager at that new hotel and I called for a reference and they told me that I'd be like, okay, I'll find someone who didn't impersonate a guest and steal her things. Right. Truly. Um, how many rom-com scenes do you think have been filmed in front of the Central Park Penguins? 
I mean, I can think of at least two right off the bat. This and that rumor has it. What's wrong with me? Rumor has it. Is that on our list? Rumor has it. No, but I'm thinking of a different Jennifer Aniston movie with the kid. The switch. Switch. I'm afraid to do the switch because I do think there's some weird consent stuff in it, but I love it. <laughs> um, I do think someone like switches out sperm to get Jennifer Aniston pregnant, but mm. also definitely maybe. Also definitely maybe. We love the Central Park Zoo. I want a list. Movies filmed at Central Park Zoo. Let's see. Always in front of the penguin. The switch. You're right. Definitely maybe. Hitch, but I don't think that one's in front of the penguins. Object of my you affection, which <gasps> is that on our we we need to do object of my I affection can't be objective and, about it. I know, but we still need to do it. A lot of movies that are not rom-coms. Wow, we haven't even dipped our toe even close to the Jennifer Aniston canon. No. And we just named at least we named three Jennifer Aniston rom-coms. Two of which I love a lot, a lot. Of, we keep going on different tangents because we didn't right. care for this movie. So we're talking about other movies. I was just kind of bored. Um, Although I, you're right. I do appreciate that it was a tight 90 minutes. Oh, it was quick. We, we were in and out. Flew through this movie. You're right, though. There was a shopping montage and like a getting her ready to go out montage. It also was fun because like it all happened within the hotel and like everyone wanted to just help her out because everyone mm-hmm. loves her. And so we got to see like all the different goings on within the hotel. And that was fun. I did like that. I liked that aspect that everyone loved her. And I liked like so her uh, ex-husband, the kid's dad, like the one mention of him is he's like not going to come take the kid for the weekend like he promised. And then so she's like, so you'll hang out with me at the hotel. And like. I like that we see how like all of her coworkers are like helping take care of this kid that they all like. Like you see the like seamstress, the woman who works in alterations, take care of him. You see the security guard take care of him. You see like you just see all these people like helping her out. And then, yeah, like she goes through all the different places to get dressed. And at one point she gets like this gorgeous Harry Winston wreath necklace from a woman who I think is in a bunch of Gary Marshall movies. It's a very like pretty woman moment when she gets this like necklace put on her and it's being given to her by the woman that's in all the Gary Marshall movies. Yeah. So it felt like a little nod to that. I did. I liked the, um, that we saw like the, like the community in the village, like that this woman had. Yeah. I need to talk about the fact that like at the end of the movie, like, so she breaks up with them. She's like, you wouldn't have thought twice about me if you thought I was the maid, blah, blah, blah. He leaves. He comes back to New York months later. It's now Christmas. And I think this movie starts on President's Day because the kid's giving a speech about Nixon. I think they're giving like their President's Day assembly. So it's almost a year later. And he's just now returned to New York City, the city that he's an assemblyman in. And he's running for senator of that state. He's running for state senator of New York and is like, I only need to be in Manhattan twice in one year. Time out. I thought by assemblymen, we meant that he was like a state representative or a senator and that he was running for U.S. Senate. Okay. And so I think he, like his district within New York is outside of the city. Hold on. And that's why he had to be in a hotel? Correct. Isn't assemblyman like aldermen or councilmen? No. Yes. No, 
the New York State Assembly is like the New York legislature. So assemblymen or assembly persons are Thank like you. state senators or state representatives. So he's spending most of his time in Albany. That's why there's a joke about like something. There's some joke about Albany. And then like Natasha Richardson's going to go to Buffalo. I think he like represents Buff, like the Buffalo area. And that's why he's not in New York regularly, except when he's huh. campaigning. Interesting. Still, because- you think if you're running for the United States Senator from New York, you'd be in the largest city in the state and the country more than twice in a year. Yeah. But also like as a Republican, is it a waste of time for you to spend time for in New York city? I mean, Carrie, I think it's implied that he wins. It is. How are we overthinking? He got himself a nice Hispanic girlfriend and was like, "Mm, now I can. (sighs) Are we also overthinking the realisticness of the campaign politics of this 2002 rom-com? Yeah, but why did he have to be a Republican? Like, why couldn't we have made him a Democrat who was also like using poor people and people of color to? I mean, the kid says bump his like, campaign. What's the difference these days between Democrat right. and Republican? The kid gets it. Right. Again, he grows up to be Bernie Sanders. Truly. Um, also, when they kiss at the or like when they're like making up at the end, he's like, "Do I have your vote?" And then I wanted to die. I was like, "Apologize to her. Stop fucking campaigning." Ray finds. Also, like, he didn't appear to be a very good kisser. I didn't pay that much attention to it, but I believe you. Again, like, I've never seen Ray Fiennes kiss that much because he's always a Nazi or a Death Eater or in the English patient. Like, I don't understand romantic comedy lead Ray Fiennes. That's why he hasn't done a lot of it. It's not for him. It's not for him. I need him being evil. There are some actors where you're just like, you need to be a little bit evil. Yeah. I've decided I feel that way about Jonathan Groff. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Why? What did you see him in that you were like, too nice? No, I saw him in the Matrix where he plays the latest Matrix where he plays a villain. And I was like, I do like Jonathan Groff when he's like a little bit evil. It works for him. Like there's just it's because he's there. it's because he has such a nice face. Yes, he has like like a serial killer, like smooth skinned baby face, and I'm just like, oh, but see, in Mine Hunter, he hunted the serial killers. He was yes, the mind, but there's hunter. still like a darkness there. You know what I mean? Like because he got in there, like he could get in their heads. Like there's still a darkness there. All right, I don't have anything else about this movie. I appreciated that it was fairly short. I was kind of bored, but. I did like some of the second. I particularly liked the secondary characters. I do yeah, find J Lo utterly appealing. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. A reporter asked her at the end, "Mrs. Ventura, are you going to help clean up the Senate?" Hated that. Um, there, there's like a tertiary story of these two French women staying at the hotel. They're French mm-hmm. sisters, where they keep stealing things from the cart, and then later they're nabbed in a jewelry heist. That's you and me, baby. That's our fully ado. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the credit track is, um, I was like, is this a Destiny's Child cut? I've never heard. So I shazammed it. And no, it is a 2002 Kelly Rowland classic. Ah, love but it. Understandable love it. that I thought it was like a weird B-side Destiny's Child song I'd never heard because yes. I know my girl's voice. What are we watching next? You're going to be so excited. I looked it up earlier today what? and I thought, I cannot wait to tell Carrie what we're watching next. Oh God. Is it really bad? No, no. You're genuinely going to love it. The problem is I don't know where we're going to find it. I think we both might have to pay a lot of money. 
which we're going to do. Oh, are we going to watch One Fine Day? Carrie, we're watching One Fine Day. Yes. You're right. I don't think it's like streaming anywhere. No, because I've on just like random Thursdays, I've been like, you know what I haven't done in a while? Watched One Fine Day. It's hard to find. You know where it is. You know where it is. It's on VHS at mom's house. Does mom have a VHS? No, they didn't move VHSs to the new house. Allison, they moved a box, a box of VHSs is in mom and dad's basement. The boys found them and they were like playing with them because they have no, they are like, what are these? Is there a VHS? They thought they were books. They kept opening them because they had like the Disney ones that open like, like books and the boys kept being like, books, books, books. Um, well, do you have a VHS player? No. Mom was like, we can't get rid of these. Maybe I want to watch them. And I was like, do you have anything to watch these on? On what device? (laughs) Correct. I think it's on Hulu. Okay, great. Well, that's exciting. Am I going to watch it right fucking now? Okay, well, looking forward to that one. Yeah, join us in two weeks for one fine day. Yes. And if you Uh, want more JLo content from us, check out our Marry Me episode on our Patreon. Where else can people find us? You can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. And please do. It's fun. We ask you what movies we're going to watch. And sometimes you pick Made in Manhattan. And that's how we end up here. Bye. Bye.